Welcome to Getting Heated, the place to debate and discuss all things surf related. Today's lineup, the air game was strong at Newcastle, but do surfers need to go above the lip in order to win events? And we're squashing the debate over Morgan Siblick's controversial scores at Newcastle. Plus, it's time for Mick and Ross to reevaluate their WSL Finals top five predictions. Finally, Mick Fanning reveals his strategy against Italo Ferreira and Morgan Siblick in his first heat back at Narrabeen. Now to this pair of legends, Ross Williams and Mick Fanning. Mick, we killed it so hard last week that the WSL said, we're on our own. We don't need Coco. Yeah, I guess she's uh, brushed us again. Still surfing in Mexico. So uh, just me and you, mate. Captain Buzzkill. Heat number one. The surfers with the biggest airs ended up winning the Rip Curl Newcastle Cup. Do you need to have air game to win events? All right, so Mick... Um, I did my homework this morning and I even got pretty nerdy, Mick, and I, I crunched a bunch of uh, numbers this morning and there's some fun ones. So uh, obviously Italo is super aggressive and he, out of anyone in the field, he used it the most consistently. In fact, nine out of his 12 keepers, he did airs on. So that's like a 90% uh, score rate for doing an air and keeping it as his score, which is just unbelievable. No one was even close to that. But if you look at the rest of the field, Mick, there was 63 keepers, right? So that's all the waves that counted for people to advance through their heat. And uh, one third of those were uh, done with airs. So is it essential? No, but it is becoming more and more essential, especially at the top end of the draw. Of course, it's always relevant to where we are. You know, there's some venues that aren't great for errors, but, and, and to be honest, Newcastle, um, you know, it seems like, oh, that's a no brainer. You have to do errors there, but there was a lot of standard surfing there, just strong power surfing. That was the majority. That was two thirds of the scores. But if you're going to get the win, especially over the heavyweights, the guys and girls that are really, really gnarly and get those big scores. Yeah. I think it is becoming pretty essential. It is. I think it's a weapon that um, you need to have in your uh, in your arsenal, definitely. But I think there's ways around it. I think there's a lot of times that these guys that don't have the airs, you know, we, we saw Morgan Siblick go out there and just do power surfing and get huge numbers. Uh, the In the final, Gabe just surfed, you know, just squared up and just smashed the lip for the highest number of the heat. I think the thing that a lot of these guys aren't doing is putting pressure on these air guys early. They're, they're going to a point where they're just letting them f run around free. David Silver, perfect example. He had Idolo on the ropes and he just let him go down the beach and just sit and just do these crazy airs. And that's what got him the win. If that was me, I would have been sitting all over Idolo and not giving him the shot over and over and over again. Um, so he felt comfortable. So look, does it help? 100% yes. And those stats speak for themselves. But yeah, a lot of these guys are just not asserting themselves to uh, putting pressure on these guys. That's a really interesting point, Mick. Yeah, I, I saw two or three heats where that was definitely the case that you just brought up where pressure wasn't exactly being applied. Even, even Italo in a final let Gabriel go in that last wave, which I don't see in any world where that was... Uh, useful like why not go what if there was a crazy double up on the inside and gabby just did a flip let's give everyone a break i guess it's the you know it's early in the year everyone's just a little rusty as far as tactics goes but you know you brought up a, a good point with with morgan for instance he got a nine against john 
Uh, we saw Ryan Callanan throughout the entire event. He didn't do any errors, um, and he had some solid scores. So the key to those scores, though, Mick, were they were premium waves in those heats. They were like great, beautiful, long waves. They were bigger than anyone else's waves in those particular heats. So if you are going to get a seven to eight or maybe even a nine point ride, it better be a damn good wave. Contrastly, airs, you know, you look at Italo and even Gabby, his huge air, that was a left closeout. Um, and that's the benefit of the, these guys with that crazy talent and that ace up their sleeve that can do airs on sections, but they don't need anything. They just need a half of a ramp and they fly to the sky. So, um, I mean, it is a huge advantage. It's a huge weapon and, and it's hard to fight against. As you said, they just go anything and, and just do these crazy, crazy airs. But what I'm sort of saying is like, you just don't let them get repetition over repetition. You know, they, you see their, their first, usually their first or second attempt is just them feeling it out. And it's their third one that they'll just go and just nail. Um, so look, these guys need to go and just try and get good waves on the board early get some scores on and then just put pressure on them. Don't let them keep surfing. Uh, it was something that we used to do with, with Kelly. You know, Kelly was the, the master of making scores out of nothing. And my tactic with him most of the time was just don't let him surf. Even if it's a crap wave, just break his rhythm. And I think that's something that these guys need to look at. I like it, Mick. That's a really good call. And you're going to be tested, right? Because you, don't you have it low in the first round? Yeah, I'm just going to put a cement block on his leg right, mate. <laughs> You're going to have to. Here's one more stat before we leave this topic. Italo caught 60 waves in that contest. 60. No one was even close. I mean, he was just Energizer Bunny. He was all over the joint. Right, that new Red Bull sponsor is really helping out, isn't it? <laughs> when we return, we're squashing the debate over Morgan Siblick's controversial scores at Newcastle. The judges are absolutely loving what he's throwing down. Plus, Ross and Mick reevaluate their WSL Finals top five predictions. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Quite remarkable. John is just looking so good. Have a look at this. This is the rookie, Morgan Sibley. He knows he's got to give it his best, and he did it in the opening exchange. Actually got the jump on John Florence. Unbelievable start for Morgan there, winning through over John John Florence. <laughs> A battle of the local boys here. Ryan Callanan up against Morgan Sibley. This is some of the best surfing I've seen all week. Best surfing I've seen Morgan do with the jersey on. Morgan Sibley's role is going to continue here. The rookie is going to just get the jump. 
All right. So it seems like every event there's one surfer, maybe one or two that are sort of the flavor of the week or the flavor of the month. Um, it seems like everyone's talking about Morgan and his scores. You got a take on that, Mick? Mate, sometimes yeah, things go your way and some things, sometimes it doesn't. That's just the way it is. That's human nature. It's contests. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it and talk about it. Heat two. Did Morgan Siblick get generously scored throughout the entire contest at Newcastle? All right, so this is the way I look at it. I don't think he did get overscored. I thought he served great. If I was a competitor looking at the scores that he was getting, he just set the perfect blueprint to, to say, this is what you need to get big scores. He was surfing on his rail, he was surfing fast, and he picked the eyes out of the conditions. I know that there was a lot of chatter online about the Arcal heat. And, you know, I went back and looked at it and it was, yes, it was extremely close. I spoke to some people that are on the beach and they said, looking at it live, you know, it was the right result. Look, everyone's going to go to and fro. Some days you feel like you're getting the rub of the green, then other days you feel like you just, the judges absolutely hate you. So, look, it's a roller coaster ride, but. I, I personally don't feel like he got overscored. I felt like he, he surfed amazingly and he surfed with aggression and authority and that's why he got the big scores. Yeah, um, I'm going to go on the other side of this argument just for the sake of talking about it because I think it's fun. But my disclaimer is I, I thought Morgan ripped. I did watch that heat too though Mick, um, with Ryan Callanan and Morgan and that was, um, that was funny because the judges uh, seemingly brought the scale down in that heat when actually throughout the entire event they both got scored pretty well like a little bit higher on the scale so that was interesting that they sort of brought the scale down it was a really tricky way for the judges to score because it was a barrel from ryan callanan um, but it was kind of critical it was like behind the wedge and he got properly barreled and then came out and did a nice little cutback and then like a weird finish so Talk about a really confusing score, but they gave him less than a five. So it was set pretty low, but that was a discrepancy. And that's actually where the heat was decided. If I'm gonna pick apart anything in that heat, it was those high fours that I thought Ryan should have had the um, the upper hand. And, and that was a difference. Playing with fours, mate, it's never, a, it's never a dream situation. But yeah, look, I guess when you get to those end parts of the heats, the judges, they know what scores you need. Does he deserve to win the heat? So you sort of throw the scores out the window and it's like, okay, is this score enough to win the heat? And so that's where it can get a little bit tricky. Maybe just throw the numbers out and just see, was that wave enough to win the heat? Look, it's always a tough one, you know? There's always there's always someone whinging that someone's getting overscored and there's always someone whinging that someone's getting underscored. Look, you got to take the good with the bad and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's competition and judges are human. So they do make mistakes. And if they did make a mistake, you sort of feel like they make up for it later in events when another tough heat comes along. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's done and dusted now. And uh, if I was Morgan, I'd be like, sweet. <laughs> Absolutely. The other thing that I really feel sort of bad for the judges is a lot of those heats were super close and it was because of the, the nature of those waves. Those were some grindy waves on the rocks there where if someone actually did find a ramp, at least you could create a gap in the scoring bracket there and, and separate yourself. But a lot of the waves were really grindy. Guys doing floaters, you know, it was almost like going back to the 80s. Like if you got a good wave, that meant so much. I'm sure the judges had about 10 coffees, you know, some of those days on the rocks when they were judging that.
they were hanging out with Italo and just ripping into his Red Bull stash uh, just to stay alive. Heat three, between Mick and Ross, whose WSL finals top five predictions are looking best after Newcastle? All right, Mick, so we gotta take another look back into our top five predictions for the end of the year. Of course, it's uh, only been two events, so I think we can, you know, we're still gonna give ourselves a little bit of room to breathe here. It's not like, you know, we have a long year ahead of us, especially with the new schedule. You know, we, we both have John John, which he had a little bit of a hiccup there. So, you know, that was kind of interesting. I think we have a lot of sort of standard top five typical entries there, except for, you know, Ethan was in your top five and Ethan hasn't really delivered yet. I have Jack Robbo, same thing, you know, he's been coming up a little bit short. So I think there was a few places where we sort of took risks and throwing out sort of an interesting pick to make the top five and we're kind of failing right now. I have to ask you permission for an injury wild card because obviously Chloe is not going to be around for a while, but I don't know. What's your take on our top five so far? Mate, you'll have to, the injury wild card will have to come from TC or D. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, look, I, I think the usual suspects are firing. You know, obviously, Gabe, Idolo, and John, these top three. Geordie's been solid. You know, I still feel like he, he hasn't caught fire just yet. Jack and Ethan, they sort of haven't really found their feet as of yet. Hopefully, they can come along and, and do something and we can have a good battle there. But on the side you know once again the usual suspects are in the top five we've both got four surfers in the top five even though Taddy's tied for fifth with about three or four other girls I still feel like Lakey's got more in her over these next few events she's going to find her rhythm and fire up if you could you know replace Koloha who would you go with who well you know the, the, the ratings are so funky right now they don't have any real mold or molded shape yet you know it's just kind of all over the place so i wouldn't feel comfortable um picking anyone really right now that's like hot as of last week i still would have to stay pretty steady with you know the usual suspects but if i could replace kolohe you know i really like uh julian i think that's kind of a, a a big call for me to leave julian out of the top five and you've been making this point pretty brilliantly mick where i think you said he has a penis on it so he, he looks pissed off he looks motivated he's ripping i i really like the way he served at newcastle so at this point yeah if i could switch out kolohe for julian i would do it easily yeah, look, I, I felt like Julian's last heat was sort of just one of those situations where he didn't get waves. One person who I felt like really stepped up in this event is Phil Philippe. He looks sharp again. He looked like he's lost a little bit of weight. He's probably one person that I would replace on my team and either him or Jules for sure. Yeah, that's that's a good call. He's he's definitely was looking sharp. Uh, what's your take? I want I want your opinion right now on, on Stephanie Gilmore because you know there's a few really popular surfers in both the men and the women's draw that let's face it you know these these beach breaks are not actually you know kind of conducive to their strengths and I would I would put Steph in that category and she's going to be tested at Narrabeen too because she's not really known for her backhand beach break surfing so what what do you think on that? You think I'm off? Um, yeah, look, Steph, you know, if you go through all the stats, Steph has always struggled in beach breaks. Is it a motivation thing? Not sure. I don't know. I sort of felt like it happened last year when she ran into Carolyn at the Quicksilver Pro. She just seemed rattled. And I felt Isabel did exactly the same thing, put some pressure on her early and she didn't compose herself to, to bring herself back. Steph's an incredible service. She, you know, the goat of the women's tour by far but yeah I, I just feel like sometimes she 
she just gets lost in the moment and she doesn't back herself on those situations. I think she would walk away from that event and she's going to be looking in the mirror and going to do some hard work, especially if she wants that 8-12 title. She's going to have to knuckle down and um, yeah, just work on her weaknesses, which is beach breaks. When we return, Mick Fanning goes deep into his strategy for his first heat back in the water at Narrabeen. If I go out and just get absolutely flogged, it's like, yep, he's old. <laughs> so it's, it's okay. We're going deep into it next. Big punt from Italo. Beautiful start, so much speed. Here comes Medina, it's got the speed of the ramp, tail high reverse complete, right at the buzzer. Mick, it's that time going deep. We gotta talk about it, you're a big wild card. You ready? Um, after my last surf, I might need a couple more years to get ready. How do you feel? <laughs> I think you got this, let's get into it. What is the strategy for event wild card Mick Fanning in his first heat against Italo Ferreira and Morgan Siblick. All right, Mick, I know this might be a little awkward uh, being that you were gonna be talking about yourself here, but just let me start it off. Um, I'm backing you in this heat. And, you know, I think it's the perfect way to sort of break the ice here. But, you know, being that it's uh, the seeding round, what is the seeding round? You know I mean? It's just basically a warm up. Of course, you wanna avoid getting third place. But if you look at the guys you're against, obviously Italo is the hottest surfer on the planet right now. We talked about all his weapons, how he's gonna be punting, you know, he's gonna be catching five million waves. Um, and then you got Morgan, who's sort of more or less like a, a young protege of that Mick Fanning type of competing. Do you have any kind of strategy or do you, are you the type to hold your cards close to your chest? Um, yeah, look, I guess you can't really build a strategy until you go on to the actual day. Uh, I think for me coming in as a wild card, just throw me straight in the deep end, you know, there's no easy heat. I guess on my end, there's no expectation. Italo's number one in the world. Uh, Morgan's just coming off a third. So I feel like the pressure's more on those guys rather than myself. You know, if I go out and just get absolutely flogged, it's like, yeah, he's old. <laughs> so it's, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, look, I, for, for me, I guess it's probably going back to where, you know, how I used to compete is just put big scores on the board and just put pressure on and that's all I can do. It's not like I can go and um, start pulling leg ropes or getting into the, the minds of them. Um, I'm, I'm sort of not that guy. <laughs> but, uh, look, I'm just going to go out and hopefully put on a good performance. If that's enough, that's enough. All right, I want to ask you um, another question. You know, obviously you've been retired for a couple of years now and you've been having a lot of fun on different types of boards, um, twin fins and, and all the cool stuff, just skimming around and having fun. And, and now obviously you're going to go back to, you know, your traditional boards where they're really good for competing. How's that progression been going? You know, because I mean, I don't, I'm not even sure how much time you've had to practice. Um, yeah, look, I guess it, it's so much fun just trying new boards trying new equipment just surfing whatever boards right for the conditions um but look i've been riding a normal board now for a, a little while um i sort of go back and forth I, i'm not like you know josh kerr and just dish ditch the third thing forever i'm sort of just playing around um and sort of feel like i was struggling with boards at, at the very start 
but then DH just gave me a, a magic little setup, uh, gave me a three pack that all feel really amazing. Um, and also been doing some work with Phil McNamara, my old coach, uh, especially getting Ethan ready for the start of the year. I was doing some heats with them and, um, yeah, look, it's, it's fun to get that process going again. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, you just never know until you actually take off on that first wave in that heat if you're going to get overscored or underscored. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got to ask you one more question. This one might be kind of funny because, of course, you'd be stoked to to beat anyone and go as far as you can in a contest. But if you had to pick a couple names, like maybe maybe it's just a testament to like those are your favorite surfers, who would you be most psyched to, you know, take out in this event and beat? Um, I think as you as you start getting older, um, and you know, I guess the competitor in me always wants the best guys. That's who you want to go and compete against. My last few years on tour, you know, I would just froth out when I would, you know, against Kelly, against Parker, against Taj, um, and then when the younger guys were coming through and dominating, the top three guys, you know, Idolo. Gabe, John, to test yourself against those guys. And if you can put a good performance and put pressure on those guys, then that's a win in my book. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, as long as you can put on a good performance against those guys, that's that's a win for me. Well, I think you have the right recipe. You know, I think I heard you say that in the last episode, uh, big moves in big sections. Um, yeah, I had some um, big moves in some big sections this morning, went straight over the falls a few times and got absolutely pounded. So uh, hopefully it gets a little bit better than what happened this morning. Yeah, but you know what? Your shiner went away. That thing cleaned up nice. And uh, it's been moisturizing it. It's, uh, it doesn't get rid of the wrinkles though. Alrighty, Mick. Next time I see you, you're going to have a jersey on. Ah, thanks, mate. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. I've uh, given number seven to Seth Maniz, so I've got something new for people out there, which is uh, pretty special. Awesome. Can't wait to see it.